Welcome to the Homeschool Show from North Carolinians for Home Education. I'm your host, Matthew McDill. Our goal is to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. We have, again, Rhonda Marshall as our co-host today. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Well, again, today we have another special episode with highlights from season one of the show. And there's some really great things that we're going to see, I'm sure. So I can't wait to see this, and I hope you enjoy it. That's right. And so uh, don't forget that August 1st, we are going to be starting season two. It's amazing we already have a whole season under our belt. That's amazing. So join us August 1st for season two. Um, But today, just uh, enjoy all of the highlights that we have for you uh, from season one. And then the homeschool conversation segment, we're going to have a conversation with one of our featured Thrive speakers, uh, Miss Rebecca Spooner, homeschool mom and creator of Gather Round Homeschool. Then we're going to talk about our homeschool tip of the week, which is give real answers when your kids ask why. Kids never ask why. (laughs) Okay. And then the homeschool reality moment, we'll wrap up with that. Today, a homeschool family is going to show us how they get their day started by remembering what their purpose is. All right. Well, a homeschool conversation segment. We have a guest on our show today uh, who won't have to do that, that she won't have to solicit right. <laughs> your endorsement there. She's going to be a featured speaker at the Thrive Concert uh, con- Conference. Uh, this is Miss Rebecca Spooner. So, um, Matthew, why don't you introduce her? Yeah, Re- Rebecca is a second-generation homeschool mom of oh, five, wow. <clears throat> author of More Than Words Bible Curriculum and Gather Around Homeschool. She's an international speaker and popular blogger at homeschoolon.com. She is married to an RCMP, Canadian police officer. Royal she lives in Canadian Canada. Mounties. Yeah. Is that right? Uh, Northern, um, oh, in British Columbia, Canada. She is passionate about sharing the message that the homeschool life is messy and wonderful and challenging and most importantly, possible. Yes, it so is. So let's it's talk yes, to you, Rebecca. All right. Hello. Hello. We're so glad you could join us today. Very happy to be here. That's great. (laughs) Rebecca, thanks for being on the show. How old are your kids? My youngest is eight and my oldest is 14. So we're kind of chugging along on this journey. (laughs) Yeah. And there's five, right? Yep. Five of them. And and what's uh, we have five kids as well. Ours range from seven to 17. So uh, pretty, pretty close, close there. Yeah. So personal, personal favorite part of homeschooling. What's that for you? For me, it is, it's the aha moments. I love getting to witness and be a part of not just on the outskirts, but actually be a part of those aha moments with my kids when I've thought of the prospect of ever putting them in school. I'm like, but I don't want someone else to mm. get those moments with my kids to see the first time they they read a sentence or get that math concept. So I love um, I love the wonder of it. Hmm. That's awesome. a special moment we always yeah. want to keep for ourselves. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, so and how long have you been uh, speaking to uh, so, homeschool groups? Yeah, I've been speaking for about five years now mm-hmm. um, across Canada it started and then throughout the United States um, at various conventions. And yeah, I mean, I just I like to just share our story, which is messy and chaotic. And it's not um, 
I always tell people I'm not coming from this place of like, I have arrived, I have all the answers. I'm coming from the trenches of, mm. I know this is messy mm -hmm. and, um, and it's hard. This is a hard, hard path. And yet there is so much fruit in the challenges as we work through those and fruit in our kids' lives and fruit in ourselves and our character. So, mm -hmm. so do you have a recent favorite topic or do those change over time? You know, something you really enjoy talking about these days? I feel like, I mean, it does change a little bit with what the need is. And I feel like right now with, with COVID, with a lot of new people who are joining the homeschool realm, there's a lot of overwhelm, a lot of, um, a lot of stuff that's out there and a lot of like fear of missing out and feeling like we have to do it all. And there's all this weight on us. And how are we going to get all the, you know, things our kids need to learn? And what if we miss something? And my, my biggest thing, my, my message that I wish to pass on mm -hmm. is, um, is just, it's just to take that pressure off. And especially when we're homeschooling, you know, with God, when we have him on our side, um, and we're surrendering to him and submitting to him that there's just so much, there's so much that he has for us and it's not all on our shoulders and it's okay. If we have gaps or make mistakes, our kids are always learning. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's my biggest thing is just grace, grace for ourselves and grace for our kids on the journey. So is that the main theme of the workshop? <clears throat> is it enough? Uh, that was one of the ones listed that you're going to be doing at the Thrive Conference. I think we have six or seven, probably seven, um, where you're going to be able to, to people can come and, and watch you live. And is that the theme of that one? And can you give us some, some more tidbits on and how do we deal with being overwhelmed? Yeah. Is it enough is my favorite session. Okay. Um, I have, I, it's actually all focused on my middle child, Malachi. And I have these amazing slideshow pictures that are just hilarious. You know, those, those kids you have that just don't fit into the box and how he has just always, um, always left me wondering and trying to figure things out. And I guess for me, I, I really take key moments throughout my journey with my son and those questions and those times where you're thinking, I don't, am I even reaching them? Is, is what I'm doing mm -hmm. impacting them or are they listening? Cause mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. Um, and taking those things and, and at the end of the day, that weight, that pressure, even that <clears throat> guilt of like, I, I, you know, I should have done more. Did I do enough? And how God has just shown me time and time again, that he is filling in the gaps that I leave behind. Yeah. I'm not. A perfect person. I don't believe that with any amount of striving or trying that we are going to be able to do everything and be enough for what our kids need. They need a whole lot more than us. Mm -hmm. And yet I've seen God be faithful to my kids. And I have seen, um, even in the times when we haven't done a lot of school, when there's been difficult season or health problems or whatever else, I've seen my kids specifically Malachi. And I just have so many testimonies and stories of it, but um, they've, they've excelled and they've learned things on their own. And I just think for me, it is sharing that testimony and saying, here's a real life example of mm -hmm. how, you know, I have seen, I've seen fruit, even when we weren't doing everything exactly as we should, just to take off some of that pressure and mm -hmm. that burden that we carry around and, you know, can't sleep at night because we're yeah. carrying. So. Well, I hope that testimony is encouraging to so many parents who are getting started now. You know, we've been homeschooling for 16 or 17 years and, and John's been, he wouldn't admit how no, long I he's been homeschooling. <laughs> it's not even as much as me, John. <laughs> anyway, um, and we can testify too, you know, just to what you're saying. You, you just sense 
surely we're not doing this right. Surely we're missing something. And the answer to that is, yeah, you probably are. But we trust the Lord. And and when you look and see that he's filling in those gaps, you realize, ah, thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. And so anyway, with our combined testimony, and, and I hope they'll come hear those stories so that they will somehow let go, you know, and have that peace ahead of time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, looking at a couple of other ones here, uh, workshops you're planning on doing, how to raise a world changer. I'd love to hear uh, what the topic is there a little in more detail. And and let's, even now, let's just give some encouragement to parents uh, who are listening uh, on how to have a vision for this. Yeah. So for me, one of the biggest things, I mean, even with the journey of, of what we've done in our business, um, which is really relatively new is that I have been felt, I have felt, I guess for years past, I felt like God was really laying on my heart. What are you hoping to get out of all of this? Is it, you know, I'm, I keep on adding more and more. There's so much amazing, amazing resources out there. So much more than when I was homeschooled that it's easy to see the good and to keep adding good things, but too much good things can actually be bad. And so you keep on adding and adding and adding and adding. And eventually I was just, I was burning out with five kids at five different levels with all their different needs and, and trying to do all their different subjects and, and meet them where they were at. And I felt like God just took me to this place where he said, you know, you are like, what are you hoping to get? Because if it is just to reach a GPA to, you know, get into university, then yeah, then you should do all of this. You should, you should um, invest even more. You Mm -hmm. should do all of the rigorous education curriculum that you can possibly find. But when I sat down and asked myself that question, that wasn't my answer. My answer was that I wanted to raise out of the box world changers. I wanted my kids not to be like everybody else. I wanted them to stand out. I wanted them to be a light in the darkness. I wanted them to be able to think for themselves, not to fill in the blank with what they've learned in that textbook, but to actually take what they're learning, apply it to their Mm -hmm. lives, apply it to their current situations and to think critically. And I was not sure that the way I was doing school with fill in the blank answers and, you know, read and write and read and write and trying to do it all and cramming more in was actually reaching the goal of where my heart was. Mm -hmm. My heart was, if I can do all the best in filling my kid's head with information, but A, if they're not interested, they're not going to retain it. And B, if they're lacking character, and if they don't have that at the end of the day, they're not going to be prepared for what God has for them. So I guess for me, that session is about really analyzing your why, really analyzing what you hope to get out of this. Mm -hmm. It's not to say if your kid wants to be a doctor or your kid wants to be a lawyer that you shouldn't do something rigorous. You might need to do that for the goals that you have. But especially in the younger formative years, what kind of things can we do with our kids and focus on keeping that focus in the right spot. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's that session, but just my heart for even my own family. And I know there's a lot of other families that feel that way when they sit down and actually think about mm-hmm. it. So I really appreciate the encouragement for parents to get beyond surviving. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so easy to go. We just got to get through this. <laughs> we just mm-hmm. got to check yeah. off the boxes, you know, and that's really why in, in one sense we called our conference thrive because you, you want to go beyond survive to thrive. We want this to be a lot more, uh, a lot abundantly more. Um, so w- what would you say 
you know, you mentioned a couple of things, but if we want to be focused on the world changer vision or something bigger, <clears throat> what are some of those changes we make uh, in in the day in the in the school in the discipleship uh, that that helps that process? For me, it is not being so concerned with the input and the output. Um, we we measure that, and that's because, and that's where those the sessions you know kind of work together. But um, there's this arbitrary line that we are all trying to reach of normal, of what everyone else is doing, of this standard that we need to meet. And yet, who is defining that line for us? Really, where does that even come from? And so it is. It's being able to sit down and say, I don't have to be so concerned about how much information. I mean, my kids need to learn about Greece in in grade five. Why? Why does it matter if they learn about it in grade five? Why can't they learn about it in grade 10 when they're interested in it? So worrying less about the amount of information and the when of information that they need to hit these milestones and focusing more on relationship, focusing more on connection, focusing more on discussion and um, and devotions together as a family. And if, if God and their character and their relationship with God is my value and something that's important to me, then then that should be a really big focus in our mm -hmm. homeschool. And so instead of trying so much for the academics and the input and the output, even in the output side of it, I think that we tend to, we want to see results. We want proof from our kids. So it's, we learned this, now write me a paper. We learned that, now I want you to write me a paragraph. And I guess for me, being able to take that off and see a different perspective and say, you know what, it's okay if we have a discussion about this. And in fact, having discussion about this could be far more valuable for them and be retained far more than if I'm just constantly getting caught up in the input output model of education. Mm -hmm. So uh, we may have time for one other topic question, but I want to first let you tell us a little more about Gather Around Homeschool, what, what that is and what it encompasses so people can uh, check it out. Yeah. So really started with that personal personal journey of God just just beginning to to press a little bit and say, what are you doing and why and what's your goal? Mm -hmm. And I as a speaker, I would go to these conventions and I would start off. It was like my opening line of, you know, when I was when I was young and starting off homeschooling, I imagined my children gathered around me like little clucking hens <laughs> and, and they were going to be engaged and listening. And I would ask questions and we would laugh and smile and, and everyone laughs and we all say, how naive was that? And then, you know, we kind of lead into my, my sessions that way. And he convicted me and said, <laughs> that is my desire for your homeschool. And yeah. you're making a joke about it. You're saying that this is unattainable. This is unrealistic. This is naive. But what if that was possible? What if you could actually do school with all your kids together? What if you could connect and through relationship and connections, not just together relationally, but also with topics, topics connecting to one another and all weaving and them seeing how it all plays out. What if with me in the center, this was possible to have this kind of homeschool that you've essentially given up on? And so out of that, mm -hmm. um, Gather Round was born and it is, it's a unit based approach, but it's really a hodgepodge before this, I reviewed curriculum. So um, it's got Charlotte Mason principles. It even has traditional principles because I liked the open and go. I wanted simple. I didn't want to have to go and gather a bunch of stuff for project-based learning. There's too many kids, there's too many subjects. So it's got all of your subjects included other than math and you choose a topic you're interested in. You read together from a teacher's guide. So you're connecting and then you go off and you're working on your independent notebooks, which are 
tying in their different subjects in unique ways. So for example, North American birds, they're learning about migration patterns of birds. Well, we're going to talk about the difference between migration and immigration and tie in social studies and geography as they map Mm -hmm. those birds and where they went and the patterns. So we kind of tie it all in, but still still training our kids really because I also felt like for my older ones I mean my my son's going into high school you know I want them to be prepared to find information to do stuff independently um so it's kind of a bridge it's a bridge of all different sorts of um educational methods brought in but it is it is designed to be done together as a family and with all of your subjects to take a lot of that pressure off and what grade levels does that cover is it all the way through grade levels yeah Yep. So um, we have we have a pre-reader book for kids that are before reading, and then mm-hmm. it goes all the way up through to our high school book. Nice. So everyone can work at their own levels. And then also that I felt like, you know, there's there's some good things. I mean, when you look at the school model, it's easy to, to say all the things that are different and we kind of divide up into these camps. But the thing with school model that our kids, I think, could benefit from is that collaborative learning, being able to everyone work together on something and brainstorm together and with feedback hmm. together and all of that. And so yeah. because they're learning about the same thing, but at different levels, it leaves so much room to gather around mm-hmm. the dinner table and say, oh, my goodness, I was learning about this. Me, too. And and they can collaborate and learn right. and add in the things that maybe they learned that their younger siblings didn't. Um, I just think that it, it leaves room for community and relationship and bringing the joy back into your homeschool because you don't have to have eight mm-hmm. different books times right. five different levels. You can actually just have your one unit and really right. choose what you're interested in, but still cover everything from there. We've been talking to Rebecca Spooner, and she is a featured speaker at the Thrive Homeschool Conference coming up in May. You can go to gatheroundhomeschool.com to find out more about this uh um, curriculum and approaches that she's been talking about. You can go to nche.com slash thrive and register for the conference. Rebecca, thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for having me. Great. Awesome. And uh, before we move into our homeschool tip of the week, uh, we want to remind you about a new opportunity for NCHE members this month. Um, related to the Fundamentals of Chess workshop. Yeah, so we have this great workshop. Uh, it's a six-week program uh, put together by a top 10 chess player in Canada. Interestingly, <clears throat> we just talked to someone from Canada, so two <laughs> folks right there. You can get 25% off of this program if you are a member of North Carolinians for Home Education. If you're already a member, you should have got a, an email to tell you how to do that. Um and how to take advantage of that. If you're not a member, go to nche.com slash join, find out how to be a member, and you could take advantage of this 25% off deal and uh, get started learning how to play chess. Uh, that's right. And uh, our homeschool tip of this of the week this week is give real answers when your kids ask why. Now, Matthew, with nine kids, <laughs> how many times a day do you get asked the question, why? You know, I don't know, but I know over time... <laughs> I have definitely come to the conclusion it is the most popular question, definitely at my house. You get it at your house? Uh, Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, you, do your chores. Why? Why? You know, sweep the floor. Why? <laughs> Clean your room. Why? Do your math. Why? Can I play Why? on my tablet? No. Why? Why? Yeah, that's right. You give an answer. Why? Yeah. 
And so, um, of course, our favorite answer to that question is... Because I said so. Because I said so. <laughs> now, I'd just like to go ahead and point out, that is a legitimate answer, right? Although, when I was growing up, I swore I would never do that to my children. <laughs> and then you realize... Sorry, kids. Wait, that's the answer. <laughs> that's the answer. And then, Why do you question me? So, anyway. it is... That is a legitimate answer to the question it and is. is especially appropriate at certain times. especially certain ages. Certain ages, that's right. Yeah. Especially when it's the why question is being used as a delay tactic or yeah. as an <laughs> argument uh, argument tool. Right. Um, however, the thing that we want to bring up is that why is one of the most important questions Absolutely. for everything that we do. And if we really want to prepare our kids for life and do more than survive, as Rebecca Spooner was just talking about, but thrive, then our kids are going to have to know why they're doing what they're doing. And so really, you know, and if, if we're coming at this from a biblical or a Christian perspective, we want our children to know how to follow Christ. And so um, why they do things is actually quite important, the purpose of it. And so, you know, we have developed a theology of chores, a theology yeah. of math, a theology of <laughs> yeah. of mowing the lawn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In other words, we have an actual reason why we do these things, yeah. which is important. And so we just want to encourage you to not evade the most important question. And when you do have that time, <clears throat> stop and explain. We're doing this because we love God. Yeah. We're doing this because we love people. It's and this is how we do it. Yeah, I'm sorry. And sometimes that's important for parents, too, because we – tell our kids things that we may not really know the why we've just always done it that way. Yeah. Uh, or that's the way we were raised. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like that story where the lady, um, you know, cuts the ends off the ham and her husband says, why do you do that? And she said, my mom always did it. And mom says, I don't know it. My mom always did it. And they right. asked several generations back and it comes down to um, the ham didn't fit in the pan that I had. Yeah, so that's right. <laughs> I cut the ends off. So we got to get to this reality moment yeah, we do. because it's about this. Yeah. So let's watch this and see how it fits into this exact point that we're making. All right. Kids belong to T. Essence, our, yeah. our other co-host. And I uh, just want to read to you, in case you, you didn't catch it, they were saying to be raised up as Christ-centered, biblically anchored world changers, to be a light in the dark world that demonstrates to others the love of Christ. And so I loved how she started the, the day with, why are we here? Yeah. Answering the question, why? You know, And That's giving great. the purpose and the focus uh, for, the whole, for the whole day. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'd love to hear from you. 
Send your questions and feedback to the homeschool show at nche.com. And also, please help others find the show by subscribing, rating, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. If you think this home, this um, show would be helpful to your friends and family, please let them know about it. To learn about how to subscribe to our show as a podcast and on YouTube, you can go to nche.com slash the homeschool show. And don't forget, we'll be starting season two on August 1st. That's right. And until next week, continue to homeschool with confidence and joy.